श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय श्री कृष्ण नाम संकीर्तन की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवत की जय श्री जन्माष्टमी महोत्सव की जय गौ भक्तवृंद की जय गौ प्रेमानंदे हरिबो सो वेलकम अगेन एवरीवन एंड गुड मॉर्निंग एंड आई नो सम ऑफ यू केम इन लेट लास्ट नाइट So I hope you got enough rest. We've got a lot of important things to talk about. It's worth staying up for. So we have been discussing the the Brahma Vimohana Lila. So I'm going to be continuing that for the course of our um, festival, with some exception on the Janamastami day and the and the day of. Celebration of Prabhupada's appearance that follows the Janamastami, <clears throat> but this is a very significant lila, both from the point of view of bhava and from the point of view of tattva, and we've explained that. But briefly, of course, in terms of tattva, it is it two of the three chapters that this uh, lila covers are a narrative of the lila. The third. Uh, chapter in this section is a reflection back on the narrative on the part of brahma the lila is called brahma vimohana which means the bewilderment of brahma mm. so it's an interesting uh, topic um, but from the point of view of tattva the two chapters here that are constitute a narrative of the lila they play out in narrative form the cornerstone of the Uh, tattva or the philosophy that is the uh, foundational underpinning of the experience of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the ecstasy of it, that is the bhava, rasa, and, and so forth. That uh, cornerstone is is in a in a couple of words is Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. So it means that Krishna is the fountainhead of all forms of. Expressions of divinity, so that is one line it appears in the third chapter, the first canto of the Bhagavatam, and this is then two chapters where that that philosophical point, theological point raised, is demonstrated in the context of the narrative of Krishna Lila. So it's important. This is. Uh, Considered to be Krishna's two Bhagavan is considered to be the password for understanding the the philosophy of Srimad Bhagavatam. It's a very large book, about eighteen thousand verses, written in Sanskrit um, thousands of years ago. Uh, difficult to understand then. What to speak of now? Mm-hmm. So um, the keys have been handed to us in the form of this uh, this line: "Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam." Everything orbits around that. And Shri Goswami wrote a whole treatise on that one line called the Krishna Sandarbha. Mm-hmm. So, some of you are more familiar with this than others, but it's a very, as I say, important point. It's the Paribas Sutra, or as I say, like the password to enter the mystery, uh, unlock the mystery of the philosophy. That um, um, underlies the, the ecstasy that is showcased in Srimad Bhagavatam, that ecstasy that is that is then 
personified in, a, in more modern times in the person of Sri Chaitanya. And this is really what our tradition, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, is it's about. It's about following the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, there's two ways of looking at that. One way, as we've heard before, is that it was epilepsy. This is a materialistic way of looking at his ecstasy, but as we know, and I've said many times, epilepsy is not contagious. And we find that his ecstasy was quite contagious, and um, and much has been written about it. Um, by way of locating him, that ecstasy, if you will, on the sacred, uh, the, the map of the sacred texts, that we could um, ap- approach it hmm? like a great waterfall. You have to stand back in awe of, but if we could make a lake out of that, then you could approach it, swim in it, bathe in it, drink from it, take advantage of it, and so forth. So um, our acharyas, our great spiritual teachers of the Goswamis in particular, the foundational, the founding acharyas of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, if you will, the Shirup, Sanatana Goswami, the architects of Chaitanya Vaishnavism, they sought to locate the ecstasy that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embodied on the sacred texts and uh, explain that and make that available to us. It's not a question of believing or not believing. It's a fact, a historical fact, if you like, the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What it is may be thought about differently by different persons. We follow what Rupa Goswami thinks about it. Hmm? And for good reasons. So, that... Uh, Ecstasy. There is a there is that feeling, if you will. There's a philosophy that underlies that. It's a well thought out feeling. There are many feelings here today, and they're gone tomorrow. They come and go, and they may not be very very well thought out. Unfortunately, we often pursue those feelings that are not very well thought out. But if we think hard enough, we'll think, what are feelings anyway? They come and go. Why shall we be? pushed and pulled and um, by them hmm? um, and become somewhat sober, if you will, and non-reactive uh, to the ups and downs of material life. This is the basic idea of yoga, yogic equilibrium. Hmm? Um, but that kind of stillness, if you will, the peace... Hmm. is not the full uh, face of perfection from the point of view of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was peaceful, but not peaceful. <laughs> uh, erupting in, in, in madness and swooning and fainting on the ground, falling on the ground and so forth. So, so beyond peace, love is beyond peace. So peace and love, they say. We need both. So... <laughs> We need both peace and and love. So peace is, is, is tends to be still. So some stillness in relation to the movements of the world, not being drawn in by that and so forth. And love tends to be active and so forth, active in relation to something that is um, worthy of reposing ourselves in something that, like ourselves, at least as we feel we sense intuitively, is enduring. 
we, we live for an enduring life, we pursue an enduring and happy existence. So we must find something that is enduring and happy to repose ourselves in, to uh, arrive at that desired experience. That's possible. This is the teaching of Srimad Bhagavatam. And this, that which we repose ourselves in is is the moving Brahman, which is a very extraordinary idea because Brahman is said to be everywhere and you can't move if you're everywhere. But he's moving anyway. And this is the force of bhakti that makes Brahman move, that movement that we call Leela. And so we enter into a particular Leela here, Brahma Vimohan Leela, the Leela in which Brahma, the four-headed Brahma is, is bewildered and uh, we are now in the latter part, the really ending, uh, the, almost the conclusion of the first of the two chapters that constitute a narrative. The first chapter is called The, the Slaying of Agasura, and Agasura has just been slayed, slain, excuse me. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll go on, and hopefully today um, Brahma will be introduced. It's about him, but he hasn't come into the picture yet. But he's about to uh, enter the uh, the scene, which is uh, quite an extraordinary one. Here it is said that Pinahi Bogo Bogo Titam Adbutam Mahajjoti Swadhamna Jwalayadishodasa. His, 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 this is the description of this Agasura. Agasura, Agha means, actually, literally, it means sin. And um, Asura is a very interesting word. It's more or less played out here in the beginning of this verse. Pinahi ahi bhoga utitam. Ahi boga utitam. He doesn't have horns necessarily. He's a demon, but uh, not a, a fanciful kind of story-like demon. Uh, of course, these are stories, and they're 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 fanciful. <laughs> Here, the demon is a snake, a python, hmm? eight miles long, something like that. That's a pretty big one. Um, so, some emphasis is there uh, in the description. Uh, um, but um, um, that's much uh, meaning, um, practical meaning for us to be drawn from this in our lives as sadhakas, as practitioners. Uh, the word demon is not a very PC, I guess, term um, in today's world, but nonetheless, there are there are some very demonic. Uh, Influences, and we hear about them sometimes, read about them in the news and so forth. The basic idea here in the Bhagavatam of what is an asura is, as I say, nicely pointed out by these words here. Boga. Boga means to enjoy. Boga utitam. Very extremely uh, enjoyable, enjoyable. Ahi bhoga, ati bhog. Hmm. Um, it's a reference to the body of this agasura. Hmm. 
What happened was, of course, this Agasura was commissioned by Kangsa to uh, go and try to uh, kill Krishna. Hmm? Because it was predicted, and this, this it brings us to the, the Janma of Krishna, the birth of Krishna, at the, uh, at the time of the wedding of his mother and father, Krishna's mother and father in Mathura, Dwarka, there was a curse, as you know, that uh, was, uh, or an omen, I should say, that came from the heavens, that the eighth child of Devaki will be the death of Kamsa. And Devaki was, what, the sister of Kamsa? So he was. There was a wedding of his sister, and an omen came, and so he thought, "Well, I'll kill my sister. <laughs> this is demonic, <laughs> and her eighth child will kill me. So I'll kill her, and then it will be the end of the story." So in the middle of her wedding um, procession, he decided to kill her. Not a very um, becoming thing to do, but. He was stopped by the husband to be the son, the, the uh, brother-in-law to be, Vasudev. By not by philosophy, he was unsuccessful philosophically in convincing him of the, the foolhardiness of of such. But by his character, he was able to convince him to hold off. In other words, Vasudev had excellent character, and he gave his word that I'll deliver all the sons to you, hmm? and you can do what you want with them. Therefore, there's no reason to kill their mother-to-be. Hmm? And so on the character, on the basis of the character of Vasudev, Kamsa thought, oh, this guy, he will never lie. Hmm? So he desisted. Hmm? Of course, Vasudev did lie. That's another thing. So there is there's being truthful. And then there's the satyam param. Hmm? There's truth and... And even amongst thieves who say, after robbing the bank, let's divide it evenly, fairly. Uh, so this is only a shadow of real truth, right? Hmm? The real truth means satyam param, this is the subject of Srimad Bhagavatam, satyam param dhimahi. We should be preoccupied with that. Hmm? And that truth will make the truth of this world look very false. We may be very convinced about certain truths of the natural world that these leelas appear to contradict. They do, indeed. But the truths of the natural world, if you will, really have been summed up in the Bhagavatam by the, the, the boy Sugadev when he told Parikshit, who had asked about the fascinating nature of the objective world, the natural world, uh, uh, he, he wanted to hear about it from Sugadev that that he might, by understanding more about the natural world, hmm, have greater cause to be enthralled with and uh, and in love with and in pursuit of what he considered its source, hmm, the Godhead or the consciousness, if he has, if he will, behind the movements of matter as it is as it is thought of. In Vedanta, hmm. that means to say this: that the preoccupation of the Bhagwat and the preoccupation of the Bhagwatas, the devotees, with regard to the world, should be: hmm. I shall be as interested in the world and how it works and what's going on in it 
as that interest will promote within me interest in and impetus for pursuing a life that transcends the limits of the natural world and comes to acquaint me with myself. Hmm? I'm supernatural. I'm not a product of the natural world. I'm consciousness, not matter. Hmm? That will be a useful exercise from our perspective. Otherwise, there may be many truths about the how, how the world works. Hmm? But Sukadev replied to Parikshit when he asked about the natural world. He said, I can tell you about how it's thought about, how it's been written about by the Puranic uh, writers uh, in our current time, he said. But the truth of the matter is, it is like a magic show. It's like three, you know, what are they shells, you know, where is the pea? And it's not under any one of them. Or some, no, it's a, it's a magic show, he said. It is the, a transformation of the magical uh, influence we call triguna. Hmm? The modes of material nature moving and uh, interacting, competing, and, and constantly in transformation. And um, what is today's law is tomorrow's folly, the geocentric worldview is 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 considered to be uh, foolishness hmm? um, now as uh, we embrace the geo the heliocentric uh, view i mean this is just a general idea one aspect of the orbit of the planets and so forth hmm? uh, it could be looked at either way but uh, there's some reason for the heliocentric being considered more accurate but at any rate we were eating, they were sleeping, and um, mating, defending, and hopefully doing something more as well beyond those animal tendencies, and successfully, ultimately, uh, pursuing a higher ideal, an ideal that transcends our animality and constitutes the full uh, application of the human opportunity. People were doing that when they looked at the world, the planets, as if they were orbiting around the Earth. It didn't interrupt too much. Um, Some things have come from that change of view, technological developments and so on and so forth, that uh, advantages us, advantages uh, to some extent, but we would reason only as much as those advantages can be seen as advantageous for the pursuit of that which is actually meaningful, hmm? that which is actually true, in other words, the self, hmm? as a unit of consciousness, an enduring unit of consciousness, different from the matter or the thing that looks like the one way, one day and another day, another way, and who knows, other, what's going on on other planets and galaxies and how it looks there, and so on and so forth. Hmm? Uh, so, uh, this is the preoccupation of Bhagavatam with regard to the, to the natural world. There are, of course, naturalists today that are very uh, uh, bent on uh, explaining the world entirely in terms of natural phenomena and dismissing 
the supernatural idea. As I said, we consider ourselves to be supernatural. If there's anything in the world that most resembles God, it's us. The I that is the most commonly invoked word in every language. And every language has an I, and that's the the word that's used the most. It's It's what's loved the most. It's what everything centers around. It's what we know the least about. What am I? How many times have I said... Here, I just said it. But what am I? What is that I? This is the subject, of course, of Srimad Bhagavatam on the base level, and then ultimately, what is the prospect and possibility of the I? How high it can fly in the subjective world of consciousness. So, so, a fantastic story here, in one sense, but it's a story that that really speaks about the truth of the matter. Hmm? What is the truth of the matter? That matter only matters if we matter about it. Hmm? If it matters to us, it matters. Otherwise, who would know and who would care? Hmm? So what matters is us. This is the point. Hmm? And bhogaishvarya prasaktanam tayaprahita chetasam. It is said, too much attachment to bhoganaishvarya to material enjoyment and acquisition, bhogaishvarya prasaktan tayaprita chetasam, vyavasayatmika samadhu nabhidhiyate. Too much attachment to enjoyment and acquisition causes the mind to be unfocused, hmm? to be many branched. And with a many branched mind means an uncontrolled mind. Hmm? The mind has a desire to acquire, to experience, to enjoy, and we satisfy it, and it wants something else. In the context of enjoying one thing, it starts to want another thing. This is very um, chaotic. Hmm? The kind of mind that results from Bhogaishwarya, attachment to material things, causes a very much a disturbed uh, mind. Hmm? Um, and this is not a yogic mind, which is vyavasayatmika, one-minded, fixed. And so therefore it is said, too much attached to bhoganaishvarya, samadhu na. You will not have samadhi. This book was written in samadhi, samadhi bhasha of Vyas. How real it is, what it's talking about, that you have to endure samadhi to understand. To the extent that we cannot do that, we cannot really understand it. We can do best to hear from somebody who has some experience like this. It will help us get some footing, some access by, by sangha, by extension, by association. This is an, a different kind of knowledge altogether. Hmm? In other words, if we, if we were to learn this knowledge, we have to become... It's, it's the knowledge that, that we cannot put on our agenda for our purposes, but that has an agenda of its own, and we are on it. That's a very different way of thinking than we're accustomed to. We're living, this is the teaching of the Bhagavatam, in God's dream. You think about that. (laughs) 
now what are you? <laughs> and you have some will too, but you're in God's dream. Hmm? It's a nice idea, actually. He has good dreams. Hmm? This is a material world's a bit of a, you know, a nightmare, but uh, <laughs> but the leela is, is, is itself is, is a daydream. He daydreams and he does. Hmm? So we enter the daydream, and here there's a demon who's eight miles long. Hmm? Python means he can really eat a lot. You know, he can just swallow it whole. Hmm? Um, and he's described here as utitam means he's a big he's, he was a, had a big implication is big propensity to enjoy hmm? um, and this is the meaning of asura asura asushu jeiti hmm? asura and swasvabhava Ramante iti sura. This is the meaning of the word. Hmm? Means ashu means it means the senses, the, the, the life, air of the body, hmm? and ra means ramante, to enjoy. It means to, to to live for the joy of sense indulgence. Material acquisition and and, uh, and and sense enjoyment to live for that. Hmm? This is what it means to be an asura. So you don't need to be eight miles long or have horns or a pitchfork or anything to be a demon. Hmm? And to the and to the extent that we are living hmm? only for the for for the body hmm? and mind's demands. This is what it, this is what asura means. Hmm? And sura, swa, swarupe, ramonte, iti, sura. Hmm? Sura, instead of asura. Swa, swarupe, who takes pleasure in, in, in his or her swarup, hmm? ramonte. This is the sura. We say asura, sura, ungodly, godly. Hmm? Uh, means swasurupe means you have a swarup, you have a nature. Hmm? We have different swarups, different ways of understanding the word. We have a swarup here in the general sense means we have a nature hmm? that is subjective. We are consciousness, not matter. We are sat. We are chit, we are ananda, anu, a particle of sat, chit, ananda. And we, we are kartitva, we, are will, we have will, we are, we are an agent of, of action, a, a causal factor. Hmm? Um, in, in, in the world. Hmm? This, is the, this is the swarup that is, I am. I am. That's a big thing. Because I am American, or I am Indian, or I am English, that is a big, that is worse than zero. Hmm? That is less than zero. 
Do you understand? Hmm? I am does not appear to have a lot of content in one sense. I am. I'm American and I'm a male and I'm this and I'm that seems to have a lot more content to it. Hmm? But all of that content is negative. Negative content. It's content that cannot be um, maintained. It's content that's superficial. It's really empty. Hmm? And time, of course, is the uh, is the evidence that, well, you were an American, now you're an Englishman, then you're an Indian, and now who knows what next, and so on and so forth. So these are passing only superficial uh, uh, dresses. Hmm? And so they sound like they have more content, they feel like they have more content to us, but they're actually content less. And they're they constitute like being in something like negative numbers as opposed to positive numbers. I am, of course, is a big zero, but it's a positive zero in comparison to negative numbers. I am. That is our swarup. Hmm? I am. Hmm? I am American. That is a problem. I am. That's good. Hmm? Means I am. I exist. I endure. I'm a unit of enduring existence that that transcends Americanism or this ism or that ism, hmm? religion, Catholicism, Hinduism, whatever it may be. All these ways of trying to talk about, at best, in, in religion at least, set that at least we try to talk about it there. That which transcends talking, hmm? words, and so forth. Hmm. Um, now, here in Bhagavatam, we learn not only this swarup that I am, but we can get another. Uh, we can grow that swarup, so to speak. We can, and we can be. I am a gopi. I am a gopa. Hmm? This is this is the uh, uh, prospect of the jiva, the resulting from good association, from bhakti. Hmm? Under the influence of Maya Shakti, we think I'm American, I'm a woman, I'm a man, and so forth. Hmm? Free from that, I am. That's big. It means you endure. Hmm? That's happy. Hmm? But just to endure is not the full scope of happiness. That is the peace. That's not the love. Hmm? Love requires another. And the interaction between the two, in which the two feel one. Hmm? So, this is the idea of bhakti then. So the, the swarup shakti, bhakti is constituted the, 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 as the essence of the swarup shakti, the ingress of bhakti into our lives. Hmm? That then makes it possible for the swarup of I am a gopa, I am a gopi. Brahma here in Brahma Mimohan Leela is realizing I am a gopa. Hmm? I am a gopa. It's a very extraordinary hmm? event. He hasn't quite entered the picture, but in order for him to enter the picture, in order for this, in order for this higher topic to enter the picture, something has to leave the picture. This is the point, and that is bogaishvaryam prasaktanam And this this preoccupation with acquisition and it's troublesome. What will I do? What will, how, how will I go? How will I proceed? How will I maintain myself? What shall I do? This is our answer. I give up. Hare Krishna. <laughs> hmm. 
and Gopritvevaranantata. Uh, Krishna will take care of me. Hmm? We heard a beautiful uh, rendition of, of, of Vrindavan Das Thakur the other morning as he spoke, uh, uh, explaining the great uh, dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he came in the house of Srivas and sat himself on the altar. And rather than being in the mood of a devotee, manifested the mood of, 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 of the Godhead himself, Bhagavan. And then he began to call different devotees in and tell them about their lives, things, events that happened in their lives, and how he was there witnessing it and so forth. And, and he brought Gangadas Pandit, his teacher, Sanskrit teacher, said, do you remember? You were being chased by the Muslims with your family. They chased you and you came to the river bank and there was no boat. And so they were going to apprehend you and rape your wife and so forth. So you decided to enter the river and, and drown yourself. At that time, a boatman appeared and took you to the other side. I was that boatman, he said. I took you there. This is hmm? Yes, we should test this. Hmm? Put ourselves in a position where where we have no other choice. Either he would take, take care of us or not. That is, we find it in the Sakyaras of Draupadi. Draupadi was also in Sakyaras, Purisambandi, from the city. Hmm? And you know that they were unraveling her dress, those Kauravas, and she held up her dress with one hand, other hand, oh, Govinda. Still the dress was unraveling. So then she said, what, what is the use of holding with both hands up? Oh, Govinda. Then the dress just had unlimited cloth and could not be unraveled. We should put ourselves in a position to test this. The example is there in the lives of great devotees. Prabhupada, we'll be celebrating his appearance day, and it's that's uh, it has much to do with all of us uh, why we're all here. Hmm? Uh, his extraordinary campaign, and and uh, he is an example of this. Of course, he came to the country as a beggar. He came with nothing here, just depending on the the uh, suggestion of his guru to, that he should distribute this these ideas in English to the English speaking world. He came on a as you know the story on a freighter and and uh, he said he got off the boat in the Boston Harbor he didn't know whether to turn left or right hmm. so he was homeless he was actually living in the Bowery isn't it where was a homeless person and in the end he had homes in every city and temples and big family and so many devotees see in such a big way Krishna provided for him why not you why not? You just put yourself in the position. He says, I'll do that. Hmm? There are many examples. Hmm? So, with this idea, we should, uh, we should proceed hmm? and verify for ourselves all these things. Verify. There's a difference between myself and the body and there's a God and, and there's a life beyond even I am, which is huge. I don't die. That's peaceful. A life of loving. And it's very exciting, as we see here. 
these cowherds are having a very exciting time. They just found a serpent, not eight, eight was it? Nine, eight miles long. Hmm? And they went inside hmm? his mouth hmm? fearlessly. Um, they, uh, and of course, Krishna followed them. And we talked about this in the, in the, the various the, the sanchari bhavs that are involved there, the, the nature of the, um, the, the, the stai bhava, the experience, and so forth from Krishna's point of view. All, we've all discussed all this. But Krishna entered in, basically, and then uh, he suffocated this serpent and he came out. And here what's being described is that the atma of the, of the aga went up into the uh, sky and then entered into the body of Krishna. Hmm? Um, he's a big enjoyer. He's an asura. It's mentioned here, but even the asuras have this what jyoti swadhamna jwalaya dasha brilliant. They're brilliant underneath the coal. There's a diamond underneath the coal of their dark tamasic rajasic existence. Hmm? And normally, it's, it, it, it's difficult to bring that out directly from someone so covered and so uh, materially preoccupied as he's being described here. Hmm? He basically, the python basically sleeps and eats and eats, you know, big time. Hmm? Without even, he's so eager, he can't, you know, doesn't even chew. Something like that is the idea. Just swallow it up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but he has an interesting history also in that he's the brother of Putana. Hmm? Putana's another person who was sent by Kamsa to try to slay uh, Krishna. And, of course, she was unsuccessful um, in, one, in that effort. But because she disguised herself as a devotee, then Krishna overlooked and said, oh, she looks like a devotee, must be a devotee, even though she had a bad intention. Hmm? This is Krishna. Hmm? So we may dress like a devotee, but we may not feel we're quite suited for the part. <laughs> but even dressing like a devotee is useful. This is anukul for bhakti. Hmm? So anyway, she favorable for bhakti, part of sharanagati. So it's powerful. The dress is powerful. Of course, it's not appropriate in all circumstances, all instances, but wherever it is, it has power. It's like if you put on a uniform, it has power. And you think, well, I got the uniform on now. This is what I do. So I'm wearing it. I guess uh, <laughs> I better, you know, I'm talking about it, now I'm wearing it. You know, I was listening to it, and I started talking about it. I tried to convince my friends. They didn't want to anything to do with it so here I am with these other people I better dress like them now I'm wearing it now so now I have to you know there's some force in that some power in that hmm, helpful hmm. so anyway this is put in the situation see it was very useful hmm. Krishna liberated her gave her Vatsalya Rasa and Golok not Gokul Golok is that within within the center of the whirl of the lotus of 
Krishna Lok is Gokul, where these human-like pastimes are performed in the circumference around the petals and so forth. It's called Golok, and there's some Aishwarya there. Krishna appears more more divine there. The Vedas will be worshipping him there, and so on and so forth. So she got some Vatsalya Rasa in that region. She couldn't go into Gokul. Hmm? Agasura is being liberated here. This is the point of this section. But he, he is a, his liberation he got is very extraordinary. But he couldn't enter into Gokul. That is another thing. And that requires Raganuga Bhakti. Hmm? That requires a very specific approach. Even Lakshmi could not enter there. Hmm? Because she did, you know, she wanted to dance with Krishna in the Rasa Leela. She could not. Hmm? Because she didn't have the right method, hmm? the right approach. That is the approach that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching. That is the approach we follow. This is our prospect to enter the Gokul. Hmm? And there we find Krishna is most human-like. His omniscience is, recedes as far to the background as possible. Here we find in this Leela a beautiful balance between omniscience and uh, Aishwarya and Madhurya. Aishwarya and Madhurya. The omniscience of what is Brahma doing and, and the Madhurya of of what's Brahma doing? Who's that guy? <laughs> both, both sides are fully, fully manifest here from moment to moment as he, he thinks in a particular way under the influence of Sarup Shakti, his omniscience manifests and then his, his, his madhurya, his, his, his bewilderment, so to speak, uh, in, uh, from the force of Prem. He who can bewilder Brahma is bewildered by the Prem of, of his friends. Very extraordinary. This is the tightrope that Vyas walks here, and Sugadev, his son, who's re- re- repeating the Bhagavatam, the, the, the tightrope they walk between Aishvarya and Madhurya through the whole Bhagavatam. Hmm? He's God. That's clear, but now he's acting like this. He's not God. But we really understand that he's the, he's the not God part, is, means he's really God, the really God part. Hmm? And it means to understand what is bhakti, hmm? his own swarup, shakti, very uh, Gaudiya idea, very central to our our lineage. So here, at any rate, the history of this uh, Agasur includes the fact that I say that he is the brother of Putana. And Putana, before him, was liberated in a very special way. She got some form of vatsalya rasa, means like some form of parental love for Krishna. Hmm? So the way that bhakti works, of course, is that this has some influence on her brother, hmm? even though he's demonic. Now his sister has become a devotee. <laughs> so even as bad as you may be, if your sister becomes a devotee, then that's something good for you. You will think about her, hmm? Favorably, she's a devotee, that will be good for you. And this is exactly what happened. See how Kamsa is bewildered. The demons are bewildered at every step. He thought, I will tell him about his sister. Wake that python up. Hmm? Your sister was killed by Krishna. Don't you love your sister? Of course you do. Go and get revenge. Hmm? Get some closure on this issue. And go... (laughs) Go, go and kill Krishna. Swallow him up. Hmm? This is, and so he's calling on him. 
really calling on his good qualities, right? You love your sister, right? You want fairness, right? Hmm? You want justice, right? Hmm. And of course, Kakamsa doesn't understand the fact that now his sister's become a devotee. So now he's going, thinking about, yeah, my sister. I love my sister. I'll get that, Krishna. But all that thinking about his sister, all thinking about a, the liberated devotee. Hmm? So he, as a result of this, you can see he gets an insight. Agasura gets an, an insight. What is his insight? His insight is very interesting. It's, he, he understands that if you want to get Krishna, you've got to get his devotees. That's a great insight. Hmm? That's how it works. Right? Krishna himself has said in Adi Purana, those who say they are my devotees, they're not my devotees. They, those who say that they are devotees of my devotees, they are my devotees. A substantial devotee, an, an intermediate devotee, is one who, who has some realization and experience, is one who, who, who understands hmm, the importance of the Vaishnava, of the devotee. Hmm, that this is the practical way in which Krishna is coming to me through through my guru, for example. Hmm? Um, there's no place that I can look more to find Krishna than there, hmm? this idea. So this idea, was in, a, in a kind of a twisted way, is coming in, 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 in the thinking of Agasura. Therefore, he thought, let me swallow up all of Krishna's friends and calves. That'll, that'll be it. He'll be finished then. Hmm? Even if he doesn't enter my mouth along with them, and I swallow them up, that's what, that's what he's made of. Hmm? He's made out of their love. He is the object that corresponds with the love that they embody. Take away the love, then what's, what's left? Take away the students from a teacher. Can you call him a teacher anymore? Hmm? Like some guy, I met, met, mentioned this the other day, announced um, on Facebook... I've decided to be a guru. I've decided that I'm a guru. He wrote it up there. And I had a real chuckle. I said, well, let somebody else decide if you're a guru. Then we'll, if somebody wants to be your student, then we might say, you're, you're a guru. <laughs> but if, we don't, if nobody wants to be your student, then what is the meaning of proclaiming that you're a guru? Hmm? Others will proclaim that. Right? That will be their vision. Hmm? And actual guru will not think, I'm a guru. will think, I'm a student. Hmm? as well. So, so this was his thinking, you see, how the, the- theological thinking, Sumedas, a Sukritivan, is coming in him, hmm? by this, even indirectly, by, by way of association, the power of the, the devotee's association, so extraordinary. And in Agasura, he starts to get insight, what Krishna's really makes him tick, what's, it, what's he's about. If I can kill his devotees, then I've got him. Hmm? This is a keen insight. This came from, as a result of his meditation on Putana with a vengeance. Hmm? The implication here is that also that whatever bad is involved there, if there's real good, if there's, which means if there's some focus on Krishna, hmm? that's good. However, therefore it is said in Bhagavatam, and this is where Rupa Goswami takes us when he wants to get, locate on the map his idea of ragatmika bhakti. Raganuga means to follow ragatmikas. Those who are in, inborn in them is this natural and uh, drive and taste for, uh, 
for, for, for loving Krishna, to follow in the wake of that kind of love. This is Raganuga Bhakti. So when he explains Raganuga Bhakti, he first explains Ragatmika Bhakti. That means like these cowherds are all Ragatmikas in Sambandarupa. Hmm? Ragatmikas. Gopis are Kamanuga Ragatmikas. Hmm? And so our teaching is we want to follow them. Hmm? Follow the way that they love Krishna. Now that's very that has plays out differently on different stages of our of our progress and so forth. We have a sadhakadeya, practitioner's body. If we apply it properly, hmm, we'll get a siddhadeya. Guru gives you the sadhakadeya, you use it properly, then some inner life will come in due course. Then in that siddhadeya we we follow just like the these cowherds are conducting themselves in a meditative form. Hmm? And so forth. This, as we advance in our sadhana, this will this will develop. Hmm? So anyway, when he's describing the ragatmikas and and in the, in that context, raganuga bhakti, when he's explaining it, he wants to locate it on the scriptural map. This idea, which is practically off the map, hmm? uh, Bhagavatam itself is called nirgranta. Why did Sukadev want to study the Bhagavatam when he was beyond the books? This is the question that comes. Atmaramas chamunayo ne api rukrame. Itam butaguna hari. The answer is such is the nature of Krishna. Topics about Krishna. That if you are beyond everything material, this Krishna is, and you've arrived at peace, and I am, that we talked about earlier, there's something more. Uh, I am this, I am that. That's thought to be a problem. Hmm? Accurately so. And some people think, I am a gopa, I am a gopi. That's also a problem. No, no. Then you don't understand bhakti. Hmm? So, he, he goes to to uh, the, the killing of Shishupal, the slaying of Shishupal in Bhagavatam, as described by Narada to Yudhisthira in the seventh canto. And there... The the Yudhisthira is amazed how Sushupal could have attained liberation when he was inimical towards Krishna. And Narada explains, well, somehow he was focused on Krishna. And somehow or other, if you're focused on Krishna out of enmity, out of fear, out of because you feel you have a relationship with him like a friend or like a parent or out of calm like the gopis and so forth, then just that preoccupation with him, that is so, so, so powerful hmm, that you'll get an extraordinary result. Now, if you concentrate on Krishna out of enmity or fear, you aren't going to get the same result if you concentrate him on a, out, of, out of love like the gopis and the gopas. That is also the implication. But here we find Agasura is preoccupied with Krishna. Hmm? He's in touch with him with the wrong motives, but some interesting understanding has come in him hmm? as a result of the, uh, the, uh, the uh, his, 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 his sister's fortune hmm? before him. Hmm? And, and so, even though he has the wrong intentions, Christian, this is the nature of Krishna, this is the import here, one of the important imports of this. Who in their right mind will take shelter of anybody else? Agasur is approaching him to kill him 
and to kill his friends and so forth, even. And he gets liberation. It's said that underneath all that darkness was this jwala, jyoti, swadhamna, this, his atma is brilliant. Like I said, like a diamond. Hmm. Take off the, you know, get rid of the coal. I don't know how they do that. I guess they press that or something. So, we need a little pressure. <laughs> that uh, pressure, pressure uh, against this tendency for sense indulgence that we are drawn to naturally and spontaneously. This is where you're going. You have to understand that. Think about what you like materially and how you're drawn there when nobody's around. Hmm? Where you go. Hmm? When you will go like that to Krishna. Hmm? When no one's around. Because it's a little embarrassing too. That kind of madness. <laughs> true. Mapu staying in a small room, closed doors, eight by eight, going mad. Hmm? Sleep, sneaking out in the night, madness. When he's found by his devotees, he's a little embarrassed. I did that. What was I doing? How was I, how was I conducting myself? Hmm? He would ask. Hmm? So when we are drawn in the same way, this is, this is, this is rag, hmm? towards Krishna, as we are towards our present material preoccupations, our present fantasies, hmm? if you will, when we are drawn in the same way, naturally, spontaneously. So this requires, in the beginning, some pressure, like I said, put some pressure, some dharna. At least we should chant our japa with dharna. Dharna means to withdraw, to concentrate, to withdraw. Pratyahara, I should say, withdraw. And dharna, concentration. Concentration is not meditation, but it will lead to meditation. Hmm? So some pressure, withdraw the mind, the sense of, keep drawing it back, concentrate. Hmm? Agasur was fixed up. <laughs> he was totally preoccupied with his, with his mission. Hmm? Anyway, as a result, he's, he, his, the idea is his self comes out and enters into Krishna. Who is Krishna then? So here the, the, the text goes on to describe that he entered into Krishna, on the one hand, he got sayuja, we call it sayuja mukti. He entered into, into Brahman, into the, what we consider as the effulgence of Krishna. Hmm? Krishna is Satchidananda Gana, concentrated Satchidananda. Hmm? And Brahman is kind of uh, distilled, hmm? diluted. Uh, Satchitananda. Hmm? So he entered into the into the aura, if you will, of Krishna. This we call Sayuja Mukti. But uh, now, as we, as we as we go on here, the idea is that this happened. It was seen by the devas and so forth, and an extraordinary event. Uh, liberation is a very extraordinary event. In Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Gopu Kumar is is um, uh, passing through the different spiritual possibilities, planes of consciousness, lokas, as they're called. And, and at one point, there's a whoosh, it's described, whoosh, 
said, what was that? He said, oh, someone got liberated. Oh, wow. And all the, this is in a spiritual uh, practitioner planet, so the worlds of spiritual practice. Like the Buddhists talk about that. Um, what is his name? Namitabha Buddha. And he's got his place, and it's, it's all, everybody's compassionate there, right? <laughs> and they're all, yeah, it's all real favorable for entering into nirvana, something like that. Yeah. Uh huh. So it's uh, pure land, right? So, and from there, it's easy to go to nirvana, right? Yeah. So it's like a, the penultimate place. Stop in there, and then conditions are all favorable. So in Hinduism, it's the same idea as there. It's uh, Satyaloka, Satapalok, uh, Siddhalok, and so forth. Hmm. Those who have transcended lust. In, in the context of spiritual practice, they can enter there. Hmm? So he's exploring these worlds of Gopakumar. Whoosh! Then somebody got liberated. Wow, it's a big event. Kotishvapi hmm? Mahamune. Rare event. What to speak then of the event of, of loving Krishna, liberation, entering into the, to, the to, to Brahman is a small thing by comparison, and it's huge. In this world, so he got this, this, and he got it by by Krishna slaying him. Valdivadibhusan explains in Vedanta Sutra that the slaying of the demons on the part of Krishna in Leela is such that that their 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 subtle body, the gross body is destroyed. The subtle body, mental makeup and so forth, is then destroyed, and then they glimpse him in a different way some affection. Hmm? And so he says, it's not the killing that liberates them, but the killing results in, in them being freed from their subtle body, which is the demonic disposition, even for a moment in relation to Krishna, and then they get liberation. So here he gets the Sayuja Mukti, and Tad Adbhuta Stotra Suvadhigitika, and so on. This is very extraordinary, and the heavens are all. What happened? How did this? Um, just see, Krishna is very extraordinary. So, Brahma now enters the picture. This is the Brahma Vimohanli. So he enters the picture. He hears the gods proclaiming victory, jai, jai. So he wants to see what what, what happened. What what what's what's happening on on earth. So the Brahmas coming to this little village, you know, outback kind of cow village. Hmm? And Sugadev says that what? Another interesting thing he says. So he's been killed, and his Atma is that merged into, 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 into Krishna, and now his body is left there. Hmm? Right, this big serpent's body. So, what happened to the body? Hmm? That's right. It became a playground for the cowherds. It means that this. We've often talked about this. The sadaka day, the practitioner's body, hmm, has a spiritual characteristic. When we practitioner's body is this kind of like work in progress where we sometimes preoccupied with material things, sometimes we're preoccupied with spiritual things. 
more our senses are become preoccupied with the spiritual, the more there's actually a transformation. Of, uh, and the body itself, and the, and the subtle body, the disposition even, of the devotee becomes um, uh, valuable to be in touch with, uh, becomes uh, spiritualized. That's why we take, for example, our guru's picture after his departure from the world, and we place it on the altar, and we make a, a tomb, we call it a samadhi, it becomes a worshipable place, and so forth. We don't, uh, in Hinduism, there's, of course, uh, cremation is popular, but for the liberated souls, they're not cremated. Hmm? Their body means, in bhakti context, their body becomes their sadhaka day, that, that vehicle. Hmm? Is their, their number is retired or something like that, and it's like honored, you know. Uh, this is the idea. So the same principle here, uh, that he, he got, and, and he got his, 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 his body left behind became a place of, of pastimes for the cowherds. It didn't deteriorate. It didn't become um, have a bad aroma or anything like this. Um, and there are nice stories like this also of, of Russian of saints dying and then they don't get the rigor mortis and so forth. And so uh, this principle is the uh, point here is uh, is brought out indirectly, such is the power of bhakti, hmm? that the parabdha, the manifest karma, hmm, even, becomes, uh, uh, is, is removed. It's like saying, it's like the cure for the common cold, bhakti, if you do it right, I guess. Because they say, you know, once you get the cold, well, you just have to, you know, six days or seven days or a week, one or the other, it'll be over, but there's nothing you can do about it. You might take some precautions beforehand that you won't get it. But once you get it... So Prabhu Karma means you already got a cold. It's already manifest. The karma is already manifest. How are you going to stop that? You could stop karma that has not yet manifest, that's going to manifest, but you could, you could cut it off at the pass with bhakti and with jnana because the basis of karma is ignorance. So knowledge can uproot that. But Gyan does not have the power to destroy the manifest karma, but bhakti does. Hmm? And this is played out further, of course, in the life of Brahma that, that, that follows his life here. This is a very extraordinary experience for Brahma. We have much to say about that. But um, as he approaches now um, and gets involved in the Leela, makes some mistakes and so forth, he has to take birth again. Of course, he took birth as Thakur Haridas, and, and his Prabhu Karma was completely removed by Harinam. Hmm? To the extent that Mahaprabhu danced with his body and, and, and placed it in the tomb himself and said this place was worshipable and so forth. We're reading in the morning now after the Mongol Arctic the various pastimes of Haridas Thakur that they will correspond with our reading. That's the next birth of the Brahma here, this four-headed Brahma. So, Agasura, anyway, the demon, he dies, he's liberated, he gets Sayuja Mukti, his, his uh, body left behind even becomes a worshipable, worshipable place. And then there's a further development. Hmm? And that is what? That, um, first of all, Sukadev makes a it makes makes a point to the king, Parikshit Maharaj. He says that, so, uh, 
this incident, this extraordinary incident that just took place, these boys, coward boys, are witnessing this, and they would normally go home, of course, and they'd say, we were out with Krishna, and this is what happened. And this demon came, and they'd go, whoa, really? And they'd go, oh, there's just boys talking anyway. Uh, some exaggeration is there. and So now you can imagine if they were to come home, this is a huge event here. They came home, but they didn't say anything about it. The story was not told for one year. So Sukadev just mentions this to the king. He says, oh, this is what the... And so this happened, and one year later the story was told. Then he goes on, and we'll see. That causes, gets Prakshit Maharaj, the Raj's attention. And he will ask a question that causes Sukadev to go further and reveal the confidential truths, further truths of this Leela. So we are indebted to Prakshit Maharaj. We have to talk about his inquiring spirit, perhaps in our next discussion. But here... This section concludes with a wonderful verse, Naitad Bichitram Manujarbo Mayina Paravaranam Paramasyabedasaha Aghupiat Sparshana Dautapataka Prapatmasmayam Tvasatam Sudulabam. This is a nice verse. It's actually cited in Bhakti Samhita Sindhu with regard to one of the five very powerful uh, forms of sadhana that Rupa Goswami uh, emphasizes in his concluding the section on sadhana, Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti. Sadhu Sangha Nam Kirtan Bhagavat Shravan. Mathura Basi, all these five things. Sadhu Sangha, Nam Sankirtan, hearing the Bhagavatam. Living in a holy place like Mathura and worshiping the deity. Hmm? These are very powerful forms of uh, sadhana that he under underlines, uh, so to speak, and uh, stresses to us their efficacy is very extraordinary. Uh, a little participate, participation in, in them goes a long way. This verse is cited in relation to worshiping the deity. It said if you come before the deity and in that way bring the deity within your mind, that this is a very, very powerful form of sadhana. Hmm? The results will be very extraordinary in due course. This example is cited because Agasura, Krishna entered into Agasura, kind of entered into his mind, into his head, and into his body. And what was the result? So the implication is, what if you go there with folded hands before the deity and invite him to enter into you? Hmm? He entered into Agasura and, and he got liberated very easily. So the implication is if you enter the temple and in, in this way try to take Krishna into your heart and understand that, that the form of the deity approach properly and so on and so forth, you'll have an extraordinary effect. So you can think about that when you go before the deity that's like, he entered into Agasura. Hmm? Now I'm inviting him to enter into my my mind and heart. It's a powerful exercise. Uh, and what happened, he says here, that 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 while he initially got the Sayuja Mukti, Krishna then took him from Sayuja, from Brahman, and got gave him Sarupya. Makes it even more extraordinary. It means he gave him a form like Narayan. In Vaikuntha. Sarupya is one of the types of liberation or mukti in Vaikuntha. 
You can get a form like Krishna or like Narayan. Hmm? People want that. There are two basic orientations in Vaikuntha. Premotara, hmm? mostly motivated by Prem. Hmm? And the other is like uh, mostly motivated by the perks of Vaikuntha. Hmm? The perks are you get a body like Narayan. Now you might not think that's very attractive. Would you like a four-handed body like Narayan? You might think, I wasn't thinking that was was not my interest. That's because you're learning about Raghunug Bhakti. You're not interested in that. What about Aishvarya like Narayan? His opulence is, no. Would you like to live on the same planet with Narayan? I wasn't exactly thinking about that. Or Samipya, to be his personal attendant. It's getting a little closer, but I want Krishna. Hmm? Like gopis, like gopas, this is my idea. Hmm? Because I had good sangha from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lineage, this is, this is my ideal. These kind of ideas. But some people, they like this. They think, yes, I would like a body like Narayan. That's a perk. Hmm? Then some mostly want prem, but some interest in the perks. Therefore, prem utar, mostly for prem. Hmm? That's why Salokeshasti Samipya Sarupyai Kanta Pyuta Diamanatagunati Binamut Sevanam Jana. The Bhagavatam teaches about a kind of devotee who's not interested in any of these perks at all. Hmm? <coughs> That's the kind of devotees these gopas are in this Leela. Earlier Sukadev reflected on them. He said, Kritapundapunja, what kind of people are these people? And this will come again in the next chapter. Brahma will look, what kind of people are these? There, how they're associated with 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 Brahman with Bhagwan is it, mind-boggling. The intimacy, the measure of it, the the uh, the extent of it. The extent of it is such, of course, that Krishna is controlled by them. Hmm? Yogis are trying to control the mind. Sukadev said earlier, hmm? these people. <laughs> Uh, he said, even if you could perfectly control your mind as yoga sadhana uh, seeks to accomplish as its ideal, it would be nowhere in terms of where these people are at. Hmm? You know, the gopis, they tried to forget about Krishna. They couldn't. They tried to get him off their mind. Yogis are trying to get him on their mind. Yogis, the gopis tried to get him off their mind. And they were unsuccessful. So this is very, very extraordinary. So this is our ideal. Hmm? Here, this still, this Sarupya Mukti is very extraordinary. It's a devotional type of Mukti in, in comparison with which we won't find that Sayuja very, very uh, desirable at all. Hmm? Nah, it is said by Vishwanathakuritak what he says. I consider Sayuja Mukti worse than going to hell. Once you're there, you're really stuck. Hmm? You're really stuck. You're really stuck with I am. Boy, that's a yeah. preoccupation. I am. Uh. Hmm. So, hard to get out of there. But, it's possible. Hmm? It's possible. We call it 
we call it in Gaudi Vaishnavism, spiritual suicide. Vaishnavism, spiritual suicide. Mm-hmm. That's how undesirable I am unto itself is from the, from the bhakti perspective. If you could be, I am a gopa, I am a gopi, it would make I am look like zero in comparison, is the idea. Hmm. So, and in that, of course, there is no personality. There is no, there is no movement. There is no variety that is the spice of life. There is no beauty in that sense. There is a beauty or ananda in that, in that there's, there's no suffering. That's, that's good. If you could say to people, we stop all your suffering, I think, that would be great. That's, wow, that would be very enjoyable. But you see, it's just the removal of suffering. There's no positive context there. Hmm? This is how Brahman is described. This is how Swasukam, this, this joy of the self, of the Atma, is described also. Hmm? The measure of the Ananda is more or less a relief. Hmm? Atmananda and Bhakti Ananda are two different things. Hmm? Bhakti Ananda, the Atmananda, the, the joy of the self, is such that it can be covered by the influence of material nature. Bhakti Ananda can never be covered by that, and it can cover Krishna. Hmm? Oh, this should be invited into our life. This is a very powerful spiritual um, approach, bhakti approach. So I am only... There's nothing there. There's no life there. There's no personality. There's no... It's, it's a, you're kind of a blank slate, so to speak. Hmm? The Leela is full of desires. It's very interesting. Sakiras is being described here, for example. Hmm. Friendly love of Krishna. And we find these cowards, they wanted to enter into the mouth of Agasura. They thought it would be fun. Hmm? Krishna didn't want them to enter in. He thought it would be terrible because he could see it was a snake. They said, might be a snake, but anyway, Krishna will protect us. There were competing wills hmm, within the Leela. Hmm? And the Swarup Shakti is dis- determining which will to, to go with. Hmm? And, and the Leela will move in this way. This is a very interesting concept. Hmm? Very revolutionary, theistic uh, concept. They have desires. You can't be a friend and not have... Th- you know, you got this idea, my desires are one with God. Just do the will of God. I'm an instrument. I'll just do the bidding of God, whatever is the will of God. I'm like a conduit, whatever he wants. When it comes to the Sakirasa, whatever he wants is manifesting in the form of friendship. And you have to become a full friend. <laughs> so you have to want things. You have to like things. Hmm? You understand? Hmm? One coward likes bananas. One likes mangoes. One likes them both. Hmm? Just to give you an example. They have desires. Hmm? They, their will that they are a unit of, hmm? as opposed to inanimate matter, hmm? is facilitated by the Swarup Shakti, whereas the Maya Shakti does not facilitate it. Hmm? Under the influence of Maya Shakti, the fact that we're a unit of free will is obscured 
and we start to become like matter. Hmm? We have no choices. We've lent ourselves by Hunkar's identification, false ego's identification with matter. And so, prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasa. The Gita says, you think that you're doing something, but actually it's just the brain. You think you're the doer, but actually it's just the modes of nature moving. You thought it was you. Hmm? You're only there witnessing. Hmm? And you don't even know that you're witnessing. Hmm? You're animating it by your presence because you're a unit of animation. But the movements of nature, hmm? they're not you. Hmm? Just like in our brain, brain does so many things. It's not us, the Atma, that's doing them. The brain is doing them. We think it's us. Hmm? But of course, the Bhagavatam goes on to say, but you're not a brain, too. Hmm? The Gita does, too. After it says, Prakriti Kirimani, this verse, it goes on. But, the other, but then, those who are not under the influence of nature, they look at it differently. They understand this point. Hmm? So the Swarup Shakti, my point is, Maya Shakti, when you lend yourself to the Maya Shakti, then you're just, basically, the modes are acting, and you're like, have gone like asleep. Conversely, under the influence of the Sarup Shakti in the form of Bhakti, the will that you are a unit of is facilitated. And in, in, in Bhakti Rasa means as we become an instrument for only living only for the pleasure of Bhagawan, hmm, and that pleasure becomes Sakya Rasa, Madhurya Rasa, Vatsalya Rasa, by good association. Hmm? That becomes how he will uh, take pleasure and enjoy his senses in relation to us. Then that constitutes a whole life of desires, interactions, and, and so it's so much more content, if you will, like the content, I'm American, and this and that, and the other thing, and so forth. Oh, but this, but it's, that's all false. All this positive content comes. And of course, it's all pleasing to, to Krishna. This is a very extraordinary um, uh, concept, theological concept. Mm-hmm. So, in a, in a small way, in a sense, this, this um, Agasur, he got this, he got Sarupya Mukti. Mm-hmm. He came out of I am of Sayuja. That just, Krishna just, is the, the power of associating directly with Krishna, even negatively. Hmm? He got Sarupya Mukti. The Bhagavatam wants to make this case. It's a very, if you understand the theology, this is a huge point. Hmm? Again, the implication being that who in a right mind would take shelter of anyone other than Krishna? Agasura got Sarupya Mukti. Hmm? Not even Sayuja. So the, you, that's a hard place to get out of that Sayuja, but it's possible by Krishna's grace if he wants. That's why Sayuja and Shantarasa even. Shantarasa is a huge step above Sayuja. Shantarasa means love of God in, 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 in uh, neutrality. Hmm? Uh, that's huge compared to merging into Brahman. But even up, up to Shantarasa, even, there's some movement is possible. It's possible. Um, very difficult to move from Sarupya Mukti or Sayuja Mukti, not on your own effort. But by Krishna's grace, it's, it's possible. And may go to Vaikuntha from there. It's possible. It doesn't happen ordinarily. That's, they're making a big statement here, Bhagavatam is. This is extraordinary. 
Shantarasa. Hmm? You can be in Sarupi Mukti and have Shantarasa. And by association with the Dasya Bhakta, in Dasya Rasa Sakyas, you can go from there. So Shantarasa is a rasa, but it's the stai is such that it, it could be changed into Dasya Sakya. That's all Yamadavya by association. Hmm? Interesting point. Anyway, overall, the overriding point is Krishna is very extraordinary. Any way that you approach him hmm. is is good. And he is the Satyam Param, the Supreme Truth. So, uh, 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 in pursuit of really knowing what's true, hmm, uh, we would do well to investigate these these uh, fanciful as they appear, hmm, perhaps stories of Krishna Lila, what power they have to take us outside of the the the, the fantasy of our mental empire hmm? where we we rule the roost in our in our own mind only hmm? so even if once by force the section concludes one brings the form of krishna into the mind one can attain the supreme salvation by the mercy of krishna as it agasur what to be said then of those whose hearts hmm, Whose heart, those whose hearts he enters out of love when he appears as an incarnation or the implication is in the form of the deity, hmm? Archa Vigraha, Archa Avatar, or those who will think of his lotus feet, hmm? he who is the source of all transcendental bliss for all living entities by whom all illusion is completely removed. So this is the conclusion of this particular section. Who, it means in their right mind, would take shelter of anyone other than Krishna? Then Sutta will reflect for a moment and the king will ask an important question. See what an attentive listener he is. And that will then foster the arrest in, in the next section of Brahma's entrance and so forth. Are there any questions? Yes. <coughs> so, um, you mentioned um, um, that um, you're thinking Lakshmi is so much more qualified than me and she could not enter into the Rasalila or the Goku. What is my hope? Right. No, but the answer is, as I mentioned, there's a reason that she couldn't enter. And that's because she didn't take up the right method. Hmm? The difference between Lakshmi and you is extraordinary, no doubt. Hmm? <laughs> but we have to look at the whole picture. And the whole picture includes the fact that you've taken up the method by which you can enter there. She did not. If she took it up, then she could enter very quickly. But she didn't take up the method. And of course, she has a staibav, you know, for Narayan in a particular way, and so on and so forth. So it doesn't work for her. She was told, of course, what are you doing here? She's performing austerities and fasting, and living in the forest, in, 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 uh, in, in earthly Vrindavan, 
Krishna appeared and said, what are you doing here, Lakshmi? You know, like, you're all skinny from fasting and you're not eating the royal diet and so forth and you're not dressed in silks, you're just dressed in this white robe. And what are you doing here? Hmm? She says, well, I want to enter the Rasa. She said, you can't get in there like that. It's not possible. It's not the way to get there. What do I have to do? She says, well, you have to give up your husband, first of all. Then you have to marry somebody else. And then you've got to give him up. And then, you know, and then in the Leela and then have Parky. She said, hold on, stop right there. I'm never giving up my husband. I'm Lakshmi. I'm, you know, that's who I am. I mean, I am the chaste wife of Narayan, celebrated throughout all the worlds. And that's not happening. Well, then, you're not entering the Rasa dance either. That's not the way to go there. So her extraordinary position, of course, is that she's, she's a, the manifestation of Radha in Vaikuntha for Narayan. But the story is, is, is told uh, not to emphasize her spiritual reality hmm? that preclude, you know, it's the foregone conclusion she can't enter the Rasa dance because she already has a Staiba for Narayan in a particular way that but but because she didn't have the right method. Hmm? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was teaching the method that one can enter there. And a small beginning in that is huge. Hmm? So you, have, you, you, will, you will definitely enter into, into, in there. There's, there's, no, there's no doubt whatsoever. And Lakshmi never will. That's another thing. And you'll worship her from there. <laughs> you'll also think, there, she's great, I'm small. Gopis don't think we're better than Lakshmi. Just see. We say that, but they don't think like that. Hmm? Well, there are th- in, 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 in Gokul, there are thousands of Lakshmis. Lakshmi Sahasra Satasana means gopis. But Kunta, there's only one. Hmm. This is room for more, hmm. is the point. There's no room for more in, 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 in Vaikuntha. <laughs> there's no competitor with Lakshmi. Hmm. So, the method, the approach... What it means what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving. Come in touch with the dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's very... So how, you think, what is your qualification? Yeah, there's a, everybody thinks like that. That's, that's the whole idea. It's mercy. Mahaprabhu is giving this extraordinary uh, benediction that's just happening in the context of his own, Krishna's own madness in pursuit of Radha's love. There's a, there's a byproduct of that, that this opportunity is going everywhere to, to unqualified people. Hmm? Nityananda Prabhu was especially bringing it to unqualified people. Hmm? But, but then again, who's qualified for mercy? <laughs> That's a dumb question, right? Who's qualified for the mercy here? It's like, there's no, there's no qualification for mercy. Mercy is an overriding of one's lack of, of justice. We could say, Okay, let's let's weigh in who who deserves the mercy, right? who who is justly due the mercy. No, mercy is overriding of of justice. Hmm? That's why you have to have a naughty karma for there to be mercy. Hmm? Yes. That was the Thank you for the talk. Uh, toward the beginning, you spoke about peace and love, and I uh, mentioned that Lord Chaitanya. Um, it's a bit of love more so than peace. Um, tell us about peace and love. What is the meaning of each of those? Well, in the context in which I bring it up, is 
the, the peace is to is to is to is to be at, to end the war hmm? with your mind and senses. A guy was here the other day, well, some months back actually. He said, "You know, this is really interesting and stuff, but I, what I'm concerned about is what we're going to do about you know them, you know them, you know the, 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 if there's and, 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 and why isn't God doing? And, and you know, it's nice to talk about God, but why isn't God doing something about them? You know, the corporate, you know, controllers." <laughs> That, that are manipulating and controlling the world and, and poisoning the food system, you know, with the GMO, you know, it's like that, that kind of stuff. It's going on in they, they, them, they. They are, you know, why isn't God doing something about them? They're out there, they're controlling everything. They, they're, I said, you are them. <laughs> that is, a, you are them. Hmm? In other words, this is a human condition to exploit is a natural human condition that we seek to transcend hmm, by non-human or transhuman activities. Hmm? Human activity in and of themselves are as a recipe for exploitation hmm? because we are of the animal kingdom. We have a chance to go beyond the animal kingdom by proper application of our reason and so forth. We should reason about the limits of reason as well, and take to a transrational method, if you will, for ending the fight, the struggle, the war, hmm, with our minds and our senses that make us exploiters and takers. Because as much as we identify with our senses and our minds' demands, well, we have to take from the environment and, and see people as objects for, because my mind is an object. My senses are objects. This is the objective side of life. It's not the subjective side. I've identified with matter, so I see other thing people as objects. I want to use them for my purpose and so forth. So this is a war. We're all at war with one another. Hmm? Right? Day to day, at, at work, at home. <laughs> you know, to one extent or another, there's a war going on. Hmm? Um, you know, on some level. Hmm? And so we seek to, to bring peace to that, to end the war. That's peace, right? It means ending the war. Hmm? So we may seek a peace, ending the war with the mind and the senses. Now, yoga is for that purpose. It's to arrest the mind and stop the senses from from preoccupation with sense objects and that disturbs the mind and so on and so forth. So, so to stop that war, that's peace. Hmm? So there are spiritual disciplines in, in, in a comprehensive sense. Hmm? And if everybody did that, the world would be very peaceful. Right? If everybody thought, the real problem here is my mind and my senses. I want more than I really need and I'm... And, I'm 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 really uh, a taker uh, rather than a giver, and if everybody thought like this and practiced spiritual, you know, got up in the morning, did spiritual practice, and so forth. I mean, as as well as they could do it, would be as close as we could get to ending the war. It's not going to happen, but I mean, it's a grassroots thing. So you know, we figure if you you do it, it'll be you know, like they say, you know, uh, there was a girl and she was on the beach, and there are all these. 
um, fish that got washed up on the beach. Mm -hmm. And so she was out there taking them, throwing them back in. So some elder came along and said, you know, what are you doing? You know, you're not going to make a difference. You're just one person. All these fish on here, you're not going to make a difference. You know, you just throw one or two here, you know, you're not going to make a difference. Don't bother with this. It's it's a tragedy, you know. She said, well, she threw a fish in. made a difference to him. <laughs> okay. Make a difference. You change. Hmm? Come to peace. Hmm? Stop fighting with your mind. It says that peace. Now, beyond peace, that is love. Well, what is love? Hmm? Once you come to peace, you stop fighting with the mind and the senses. You know, I'm consciousness, not matter. You experience it yourself. Yeah? Why is it you said that what you're telling is peace? No, what I'm saying is that, that, that he was preoccupied with love in the context of that. He also exhibited peace, but peace is not the where he stopped. Therefore, it wasn't his main focus. He, he focused on arriving at peace through love. In other words, a good defense is a good, a good the best defense is a good offense. Hmm? So rather than just fighting with the senses, he preoccupied himself with loving Krishna and the war ended automatically. Hmm? In other words, he engaged the mind and the senses in Krishna's service. The war ended. He got peace and love. Peace and love. That's the idea. <laughs> what else? Yes. Um, you told the story about the Muslim and Krishna saving him as the boat man. And you also spoke about the three modes of material nature and how that's controlling our lives. Sometimes we, I think you said that sometimes that just takes over and we're not acting. It's Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> so in our lives, how do we know when something is Krishna or something is karma or the modes of nature controlling? Yeah, well, that's another thing. When you have bhakti in your life and you're practicing and so forth, then you feel that you figure that Krishna is in, in your life. You should think like that hmm? and develop a tendency to think like that, to depend on him, to ex- expect his intervention and so forth. And uh, and um, um, it's considered that for the most part the devotee's life is not exactly what their karmic life would have been. It's been altered. That's good news. As bad as it is, right? It's been it's 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 improved actually. Um, so you know, I mean, you, you asked me a question, and and every moment is unique, and so we would have to analyze. But I'm just giving a general answer that you tend to think that Krishna's in my life, and that would be good. That will develop. You will develop a song scar for depending on Krishna. Krishna will help me. Krishna must have arranged this, as bad as it seems. Krishna must have. There must be some higher meaning to this, and then maybe you see it sometimes, and you develop that kind of thinking. That's better. Anything else? Yes. This morning we had in class about how Haridasakur released Maya. Yeah. So the power of the devotee. Release from the material senses and from the material environment that we have, we get the peace of Shanti of uh, Krishna. Yeah. Through the power of the body. That's right. Right by the power of Sadhusanga. That's right. 
Yes, and applying ourselves accordingly. So, all right, well, we stop there. And what's the time? Okay, we stop there. It's Arctic at noon, then Prashadam, right? And we'll meet again this evening at what time? Six. It's Arctic. Sri Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Gaurnatananda ki jai. Sri Guru Vaishnav Guru Paramparaki Jai Gold Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai